Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Well, as sometimes happens, I tend to make a lot of friends whenever somebody is launching a book because we are involved with lots of book launches. And of course, right now, things have been pretty hot and heavy with Ed Milet's book launch. And part of that led me to meet Gabby. Gabby Bernstein was in the middle of her launch. And so she's a recent friend of mine. And I have to tell you, I adore her. She is so sweet and charming and kind. I followed her for years, like she's brilliant and intelligent and all those things. But if you're not familiar with her, she is the number one New York Times bestselling author of nine books, including The Universe Has Your Back, Super Attractor, and then Happy Days, which is her newest. Oprah's Super Soul Sunday called her a next generation thought leader. The New York Times has referred to her as a new role model. And she's just extremely insightful and warm. And anyways, I somehow suckered her to coming on to our show to hear the story of how she built her writing career and share some of her secrets with us. And so with that, Gabby, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Well, you're welcoming me and my kitten, Jimmy Blue. She, you're, everyone's going to probably hear her purring in the background because she's very attached to her mommy and she wants to be in the room with me. So. Jimmy Blue. Yes, girl. She says hi. She says hi, hi to <laughs> So, Gabby, tell us, like, how do you get started as a writer? Like, I know you get this question all the time. So that's part of why I want to ask you is you go, somebody's listening. Did you think you were going to be a writer? Like, did you, when you were a kid, you're like, yeah, hey, I'm going to grow up and write a bunch of books and podcasts and like do social media lives and all that. Well, I didn't know that I was going to be a writer growing up, but I did have the desire to be a spiritual teacher. And when I was in my early, when I was about 14 years old, I was the president of a regional Jewish youth group from my temple. And we went all around and we would host these big weekends with hundreds of young Jewish kids. And I was the leader, right? So I was there kind of like the spiritual Sherpa for these high school students. And fast forward a decade later, that's what I started to do as my career. But and so I often think that the things that we do by choice as children can often reflect what we end up doing in our career path. Mm -hmm. I was led to becoming a spiritual teacher also through my own personal growth journey. When I was in my early 20s, I ran a PR company and was a nightlife PR firm. I worked really hard to be seen and heard mm. and ultimately got very addicted to drugs and alcohol, given the nature of the type of work I was doing, where I was doing it and the age I was in New York City. But also because we become addicts when we're running from something. So for me, I was running from something I wasn't even aware of. I became addicted to drugs and alcohol. And by the grace of God, I got sober at 25 on my own with you know finding a program and not going to treatment, traditional treatment, but just recognizing I had a problem and getting myself clean and sober. But the reason I was able to also get to that level of understanding and awareness was my devotion to my spiritual practice, even when I was using. 
And so I had, you know, all the stack of self-help books next to my bed. And my original mentors who are now my friends and and sometimes deceased mentors like Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay, they were all my mentors even before they were my mentors sitting next to my bedside. I would even be in after hours parties with people that I didn't even know. And I'd be pointing to my books and I'd say, I'm going to be a self-help book author and motivational speaker. And at the time they'd be like, yeah, good luck with that. But I had the vision. <laughs> And upon getting sober, I got very spiritual. I reconnected to my spiritual roots and I started speaking about it publicly. And the more I started speaking about it, the more I started coaching people, it became very clear to me that I had many, many books in me. And that was the plan and the path. I was great at sales. I, was, I knew how to sell myself and I knew I had a very important message to share. And I sold my first book. But when I sold that book, I was really freaked out. It was like that holy shit moment of, uh-oh, how am I going to write this book? <laughs> I could sell it, but now I don't know how to write it. I almost gave the first book advance back, but mm-hmm. I knew that it needed to come through me. I had a very similar experience. It took us four years to get our first book deal. And I was so focused on like, got to get a deal, got to get agent, got to get a deal, got to get a deal. Like, and then it happened. And I like when I sat down to write the first word, I had like a panic attack. I had not mm. even realized the gravitas of what I had just committed myself to. You know, and that's something I don't think people always realize is that, you know, when you self-publish, there's not as much of that because it's like, oh, if it works out, great. You know, if not, it's like, it's kind of just you. But when you, do a, when you do a traditional book deal, there's real money on the table and a lot of lives and livelihoods at stake. So that's interesting. I had similar experience. Yeah. And thankfully I was 27. I've always had this. And so I was sort of like, I'll figure it out. I've always had that mentality of if I want to do this, I'm going to do it. I can do anything that I want to do. If I don't want to do it, I can't do it. Like if it's not something I'm excited about, it's not something that's passion driven for me. And so I was willing to do whatever it took to figure it out. And so at the time I hired a writing coach and she just taught me how to structure a book and how to structure the outline. Very quickly, I found my voice as a writer, my literary expertise ended in eighth grade, you know, my literary education ended in eighth grade. So I didn't have any awareness of how to string a sentence together, but I was self-taught. I wanted to get my message out. And that first book, when I look back to the writing, my writing now is much more effective, much more colorful, just a lot better grammar, but you can always have an editor fix those things for you. If you have a message and you want to get that out to the world, there is a way to do that through a book. And so for me, I've written nine books now in 11 years. I think I'm an excellent writer now without any experience as a writer. I write very, very vulnerable, authentic stories. I write clear messages. And if anyone's out there like, I want to write a book or I have a message I want to share, but I don't know how to write or I don't know where to start, I hope my story is really empowering for people because I didn't have anything going for me other than a really important message that I wanted to share. And where there is a will, there is a way. And I think that's a perfect example of that. It is. I, you know, I texted you a picture. We had a recent leadership retreat of a brand builders group. You know, there's like 10 of our leaders are all together and we're sitting on the beach and two of them had Gabby Bernstein books, two different books of yours. And you know, that like, you know, your impact has been really incredible like talk to me about the vulnerable part. Okay. Like, because this is something that I think there has been a trend in recent years. I feel like more and more for authors to, I guess, share 
the very intimate details of their life. And to some extent, that's been really, really healthy for people to see because they read and they go, oh, this person's not that much, you know, that person just like me. On the other hand, there's been some backlash of like, oh, well, this person isn't maybe who I thought they were or whatever. What's here? My question is, how do you establish the line of what you share and what you don't? So Hmm. like, is there, and this could apply to social media too, but I'll, I'll say specifically for books, since that's kind of the thread of our conversation. Is there no limit to what I should share with the audience? Nothing should I hold back? Or like, what's your philosophy there? There's a big limit. I think that you can only share what you are safe in. Mm -hmm. So if you share about something that's too vulnerable, still triggering for you, you haven't fully processed it or moved through it, or you're kind of good at it, but you're not a full expert in it quite yet. If it's something that, you know, if you don't believe in your own ability, recovery, whatever that may be, that lack of confidence, safety, belief is going to come through in the book. And if you're too vulnerable in a time when you're not fully grounded and steady in your own recovery, that will trigger you and trigger your reader. My most recent book, Happy Days, is a great example of that. I wanted to write this book in 2016. I was 36 years old. I just remembered a dissociated trauma. I knew I had to write a book about trauma, but I knew I could not do it until I was on the other side. So the book didn't come out until I was 42 years old. And I'd lived a lot of recovery and had done a tremendous amount of work to be safe enough, grounded enough, and enough of an expert in that experience to really tell that story safely and to take care of my reader at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really great litmus test. So as long as we're able to tell the story safely, not be triggered by it, that's a good indicator that we're Mm -hmm. on the other side of it enough. But you don't have to be like the expert in your field to write what you want to write. For instance, every book I've written, I was an expert in what I knew then. And I look back to my first book and to today's book, and there's a lot of depth that's still congruent, even though there's so much more psychological mentions and references, neurobiological references, my own personal training and therapeutic practices referenced in this most recent book than there was 11 years ago. But the depth, the intention, the authentic vulnerability was matching where I was then as much as it is matching where I am now. Mm -hmm. This is the 10 year anniversary release of our first book of my first book. So when I was 29, my first book came out and, you know, it was interesting. I went back and looked at it and there actually wasn't much that I would change. You know, there's some things that I would maybe add or say a little bit differently, but a lot of the, it was still congruent for me. And I actually felt really, really good about that. And, you know, so that's another thing I wanted to ask you about. You've written nine books in 11 years. Is that right? Yes. So how do you balance the frequency of writing a book and marketing a book? And how do you know, like, do you think that the fact that you've written nine books in 11 years is why all your books have done so well? Cause you're constantly marketing a new book. Or do you kind of look back and go, gosh, I think maybe some of the books would have done better if I would have spent more time marketing them before turning my focus to the next one. Like I'm Curious Mm -hmm. about that like interval frequency of Mm -hmm. writing Mm -hmm. and marketing. Well, the number one reason that my books do so well is because they're really good. They're really fucking good books. And I think that's probably one of the things that's overlooked often in the marketing space. And when people are talking about like launching and like 
you know, making sure you're buying bulk books and, you know, doing all the right events and promotions and keeping your launch going. All right, cool. Like maybe you have a big platform. Maybe you can get on the number one New York Times bestseller. Maybe you can, you know, sell a tremendous amount of books. But if the book isn't good, then it's just that launch. It just, it's, it'll flatline. And, you know, I think about my book, The Universe Has Your Back. It still just sells tons, thousands and thousands of copies every week because it's a very good book. You know, all my books that caliber, some some are not as great as others in the sense of like, are they going to have that wow power that's going to be so shareable? But they all are good. They all are healing. They all have had a major impact on people. And you could meet 10 people and they may all say, yeah, I've read The Universe Has Your Back. And then one will say, but I also loved Judgment Detox and I was willing to go there with her. Or I love May Cause Miracles because of that 40-day practice. You know, so the content has to be really good. <laughs> that's that's number one. Like you just sure. don't want to make, you can't just focus on like, how can I market my book? You have to focus on how can I write a great book first Love and it. foremost. And then as it relates to marketing these books, like it's sort of, once again, irrelevant in terms of how you, yes, you want to be able to have a strategy around how you market. And I've actually created a full program on how to market a best-selling book. And I have it down. But if once again, if you're just marketing a book without the content, then it's going to have one, it'll be sort of like, you know, boom, it's out and then it flatlines. Mm -hmm. So it has to have that path. Which is what most books do. I mean, there's a, it's everything is in the first few weeks and then it just kind of is a slow fade to zero. Yeah, exactly. So you don't want to slow fade to zero. So that's where you write a good book. But to answer your question about the cadence with which I've written these books and how, so in some early on, I would have launched a book and that same week sold the next book. And then on the flights of the book tour of the most recent book, I'd be writing that next book. And I do not recommend that to people. (laughs) That's insane. I mean, that sounds so crazy. It was so crazy. And some of it was related, you know, some of the speed with which that was happening was related to my agent's advice. You know, like let's sell the next book, right? When you're number one New York Times bestseller, it's a very hot time to sell the next book. Like, great. Okay. Some of that advice was, some of that was related to the fact that I had a book that wanted to come out of me. And so I was ready to, for instance, my book, Universe Has Your Back, there was a chapter about judgment. And when I was writing that chapter, I was like, oh shit, Gabby, like this is a book you know? And so I needed to get it out because I was like, I was just like sitting on it, you know? So some of it was, it had to come out some of it. And as I got a little bit further along in my uh, literary journey, and maybe I'd had about six or seven books out, I actually started to put more space in between the books, give myself a year to write it. So it wasn't like every year I was putting out a new book. It was almost like every year and a half, I suppose. And which is still super fast. I mean, it's still super so fast, fast. So fast. But, you know, my most recent book came out two years. So my Super Attractor came out and that's actually totally not true. Super Attractor came out in 2020 and then, oh no, so sorry, 2019 in the fall. And then I had an audio book that I had come out in March of 2020. And then I hadn't had a new book until now, 2022. So it seems like your path has always been like, you see the next one coming already and you go, okay. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just sold my publisher, one of my public, I have two publishers. I publish separately, two separate types of platforms, but one of my publishers, I just like, you know, they're like, what's next? And I was like, this is what I want to write about. And they're like, great. So I kind of already sold the next one, but I'm not going to start writing it 
until the fall. You know, like I, I, ha- I want to have time because the most recent book I just wrote, I ne- it needs air, it needs breathing room, it needs space, it needs nurturing. You know, you're like, oh, are you winding down? And I'm like, yeah, the launch is winding down, but the movement is revving up. Right. And that's a really well, important distinction. Yeah. The other thing is your platform is always being built consistently. I mean, you have been someone who has just dominated on social media. And so it's like you're, it feels like every book is like growing the audience, grows the, you know, grows the audience. It is. It's a big platform builder. Yeah. Books are a big platform builder because think about it. You know, you take your ideas, you put them into writing. It's such an easy way for someone to access you. It's a great beginning of the customer journey. They read this, they have an experience with you. They sleep next to you every single night on their bedside. You're on their bedside and you have this intimate relationship with them. And so, of course, that really is a platform builder. It's also a beautiful time when you just get a tremendous amount of publicity when you're in that launch mode and you give the media something to write about and you give the podcaster something to talk about. And it really, if you are in that personal growth business, a book is a very important asset for you to have. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. And in fact, look, you know, I don't always recommend that people put their face on the cover of their books. I started that from the get-go and it has benefited me. But my vision for my my writing was so that my books would be a huge part of the movement I was creating and the brand that I was building. And so all of my books to date have my face on the cover. I think this one smaller book I'm going to print won't because the title is You Are the Guru. It's I, it's in audio, but I'm going to print it in print. And so I think that you got to take you know the teacher off of the cover when you're saying you are the guru. So that will be one that won't have my face on it, but the rest of them do. And for me, that has been a platform builder for sure. You know, people recognize me from other places they may have seen me, but a lot of times people are like, oh, you're that girl on that book cover or that woman. I'm not a girl anymore. But you've done that deliberately and intentionally, and you've never had any worry about self-promotion or vanity or like, because I'll say this, like a lot of, we describe our audience as mission-driven messengers. They are exactly the people you're talking about. They're not writers per se. They're someone who goes, I have a message. And I would say that I feel like a strong number of our clients, Gabby, one of the biggest, I'll call it a limiting belief that they have is self-promotion. They're stuck. It's like they're trapped in these two prisons. One says, Mm -hmm. you have to get this message out to the world. The other says, that's arrogant and vain and don't be shallow like, you know, whoever. Like, and they just like, it's a real pickle. It's a beautiful point. Yeah. You know, I've had the privilege of training authors and I have a training bestseller masterclass training. And in that training, I address this head on because I think that writing and publishing a book is a spiritual practice. The first step is having the bravery to reveal the truth, particularly for your audience that are just like me. They're wanting to carry an empowering message. And then the next step is really establishing the worthiness. Like, who am I to be the expert here? Who am I to tell this story? Mm -hmm. And in that training, I have a lot of meditations and spiritual practices for grounding yourself in the who am I not to? Because in order to show up with our highest purpose in this lifetime, we have to dissolve all boundaries to the expression of that truth. And that must come from a place of who am I not to do this? And more importantly, really grounding yourself in the empowering message that you're here to share 
and the impact that it can have. And the message mainly is making it less about you and more about the impact that it will have. And I do this whole meditation in the Bestseller Masterclass about visualizing your reader and really grounding yourself in that experience of the reader taking in your content. And when you can see your reader in that way, and you can sort of have that visceral experience of feeling into that journey that you're going to take them on, it really takes your feelings of inadequacy, your feelings of unworthiness out of the picture. It makes it about something so much bigger. And so, you know, we got to get our own ego out of it. Hi, it's AJ Baden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Yeah, but that's that's beautiful. I mean, that's a beautiful thought. And I'll tell you, so by the way, y'all, so if you go to brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash Gabby, we're part of why we have Gabby here is because she's someone who practices what she preaches and we like to celebrate people who do that. And so we're helping her promote this bestseller masterclass. And if you go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash Gabby, you can learn about it depending on when you get there, there's a free training going on. So go, go pronto ASAP. And when you and I were first talking about this, Gabby, and you were telling me one of the things that really hit me was what, like to what you just said, that writing a book is a spiritual practice. And that really hit me both as a powerful concept that I think people think of it as like a tactical thing. Oh, I'm just going to like put some words on a page, but it's actually a tremendously you know, spiritual practice. It also really felt like a great example of you living in your uniqueness that you apply your expertise as a spiritual teacher to this topic of writing and marketing books. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really great example of somebody applying, we call it your lens, the way you see the world, which, you know, you're not someone who makes a career out of teaching authors, you're a spiritual teacher. And bringing that lens to this topic was just mm-hmm. really, really powerful. And so you include these meditations and I haven't gone through it yet, but I'm going to, like, I want to, that mm-hmm. part specifically, you know, like I'm very interested because I've never gone through a spiritual training related to writing and publishing books. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as much as I am creating this course from the lens of spiritual teacher, which there's no way I couldn't, because that's who I am. I'm also a really great marketer and I have been very unapologetic about carrying my message and putting my face on the cover and being the very loud mouthpiece for my great work. And that is required of us if we want to get our books out to the world. And I believe that it is our responsibility to unapologetically share our great work with the world. And so that comes through in all of the marketing techniques that comes through in all the spiritual practices that comes through in all of the, you know, the practices on how to craft and write your outline and your core message. Every single module of that course is infused with the spiritual foundation and the marketing, the, and the, profound gift of marketing 
because there's so many people out there that have so much to give, but they have no idea how to give it, or they have no idea how to market it, message it. And they have no confidence or they lack the value and the understanding and the awareness of the importance of how much it has to get out into the world. And so that's what this training offers you. It does. It's more than just, and I think that's just in general, what I think my literary journey has been, has been a journey of having this experience of allowing my books to heal me so much that I can hold this book happening. right here. You know, I'm holding this book. And I got to tell you, my friend, you asked me like, is the launch over? No fucking way. Like this book has so much value in this world. This book will save lives. This book will transform people on a molecular level. And I will do everything that I can to make sure that every human that needs it finds it. And when you say the term responsibility, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about- hundred percent. Yeah. I wrote a book called Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace is the most important book I've ever written. Yeah, maybe it's not as sexy as Super Attractor about manifesting, but it's life-changing and it is profound and it is healing and it is giving a reader who may identify as having some kind of trauma with a big T or small T, giving them the guided path that I wish I had had when I went through that. And so I'm going to do anything I can to get it out into the world. Love that. I mean, that to me is such a huge part of this because, you know, like there's tactics, right? Like, oh, you can, you know, dig it out, do PR and like do free events and blah, 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 blah. All that stuff is super helpful. But if you don't believe that the world desperately needs your message, you will find a way to self-sabotage like, and you'll blame it on the tactics, but the reality Mm -hmm. is it's the beliefs that are holding Mm -hmm. you back. I really appreciate you saying that and reiterating that. That's exactly right. I think that's so good. That said, okay, just a couple of minutes. So do you have a few tactics? Because like the tactics mm-hmm. are helpful, right? Mm-hmm. To be like, okay, mm-hmm. the tactics also give you confidence because you're like, okay, here's a checklist of stuff that I can do. So like once you get past and you're doing this and the ship is sailing, like, all right, the book is happening. A lot of authors, I mean, it is crazy, Gabby, how many people, I get the phone calls so often where they're like, okay, Rory, like I heard you guys help people with book launches. And I go, yeah, you know, that's one of the things we do. And I say, when's your book coming out? And they're like in 30 days. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you cannot be just thinking about this 30 mm-hmm. days before. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. what are some of the it's things actually- that work for you? An interesting point. Yeah. So, you, so with regard to getting the book out, I created a six-month marketing plan for in, inside my bestseller masterclass. It's actually part, one of the modules is teaching it and then they can download the plan. Like they can really walk away with that plan. And if you follow those steps, you will be able to launch a best-selling book. And the thing that you're saying that's so important in terms of practical methods is giving yourself the space to prepare for birthing something so valuable into the world. And of all the products that I launch in the you know podcast and everything that I do in my life, the most time, attention, and energy goes into launching a book. Because for me, and I really go six months out. And and now I'm thinking about that as it relates to, you know, pregnancy, right? Like the first three months you're kind of like fumbling. And then six months out you start to plan, right? And so that planning period And I actually even start planning even further back than that, but it's really a six-month journey of marketing this book out into the world. And then sort of what happens after the book, the strategy and the commitment and the planning is effective and necessary. 
in addition, there's other tools I could give people right now. And I go deep into this in that free training that you mentioned. Mm. And these are and the free training, I actually share my four secrets to your bestseller. It's like a sneak preview of what you get inside the bestseller masterclass. But to touch into some of that. Uh, yeah. Mo- so real quick. So just again, y'all. So if you're hearing this podcast right when it comes out, you can get the free training because it's the, we're going to publish this right before it happens. If you go to brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash Gabby, the free training will be happening. So hit as soon as you hear this episode, go to that link. And then if you, it's if live. you happen, it's, it's live, live right now. The, oh, or, yeah, the, it's a live free training. Yeah. Live so free you, training. Yeah. If you miss it, we'll have that link redirected to either, you know, something other free training she's got or to, or just to the masterclass it, itself. Okay. Go ahead. So brainbuildersgroup.com forward slash Gabby. Don't miss it. Okay. Continue on your four secrets. And so I'm going to share these secrets in the training. And what I'll touch into right now is that the number one thing you have to know to write and market a best-selling book is what your core message is. And your core message is the through line of your book. An example of a core message, happy days, the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. That is often the subtitle of the book is the core message, right? So the universe has your back. Transform fear into faith. The Super Attractor book, Methods for Manifesting a Life Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. Having that clear core message is so crucial to making sure that you don't write five books in one. It's so crucial to making sure that you're sticking to the message rather than you know veering off into a thousand different directions. And it's so crucial to the marketing process. Because if you have written a book that has five different core messages, then you don't know how to market what you're marketing. You don't know who you're marketing to. You don't, right? So it's like Mm. the core message is so important. And I give a practice on how to establish core message inside that free training. And then I have a whole module on it inside Bestseller Masterclass. Yeah. It's interesting because we think of that message. It's almost like a litmus test for what makes it in the book and what doesn't get make the cut. Exactly. And then- you know, less like the podcast that you take on, you know, like which media appearances do you take? Which speaking engagements do you take? Like, who do you go? How do I pitch it? How do I even pitch it? Right. It's like, if you're trying to tell people how to manifest and how to overcome trauma, you don't, what are you pitching? You know what I mean? Like, it's not the same book. And so you really need to have that clear core message before you start. Well, Gabby, I think I will take you know, I will take away so much from this conversation and you know, this idea that writing a book is a spiritual practice and marketing book is a spiritual practice. It is a responsibility that you owe to a reader who's out there that needs you and they need the work that you've been called to be a conduit for. And so check out brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash Gabby, follow Gabby online. You probably already are. She's got millions of people, but thank you so much for this time and your insight and your wisdom. And I just am honored to feel like I'm a little bit of a friend of yours and to to know the trajectory you're on of all the people you're going to impact just in the years to come, Gabby. So we wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you. So fun to talk about this. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to 
podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 